Amen. Good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray that you had a good afternoon this evening, afternoon, and that our time here together with the Lord and with each other will be beneficial as we continue to grow in Him each and every day, as we continue to seek Him with all of our heart, all of our soul, our mind, and strength. You know, thinking about different things in our lives, I don't know about you, but when you ever go see a movie and you see that there's a good person and there's a bad person in that movie, and when it gets to the end of the movie, you're waiting for that time when that bad person's going to get it, right? That's what you were desiring. That's what you're looking for. That's what's expected. Now, if you go to a movie and that bad person doesn't get it, you may get upset. You're like, well, he was supposed to get that or she, this should have happened to her. I tell you what, I even got wrapped up in those shows so much one time. I was getting mad and said, you better watch out for that person. Okay. And all of those kinds of things like that, that happened. Oh, that person's going to get it. And all of these things that happen, and it seems like it already in our world, we create that desire that the one who is doing bad things, the one that's seen the bad things, we desire not mercy, but for justice. And we desire it in such a way that we even get upset if it doesn't come off the way that we want it. Now, if we start thinking biblically about that, there's a guy... A prophet that we know of. And his name is Jonah. And I've talked about Jonah before. And we've talked about Jonah before. Looking at the life of him over chapters 1 through 4. But I want us to focus this evening in chapter 3 and chapter 4. Because we wanted to see what are we desiring to see. Are we desiring to see as Jonah? Are we desiring to see as God? What is our desire above all? Now as we know when first God called Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah decided, I'm going to go the whole other way. And then we understand the big fish came, swallowed him up, and for three days he was in the belly of the fish. And then he was vomited on the shore. And then he said, okay, Lord, I'm going to go and speak your message. And you would have thought that by that time, Jonah would have already learned his lesson. But as he goes to Nineveh, we're going to read chapter 3 and chapter 4 for us to see the, the story of what's happening, what's going on, and get from that tonight what we want to learn from it. Chapter 3, verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by doing a, going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Get ready. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but the, let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and, and turn from violence and their violence give up. Who knows? God may yet relent with compassion and turn from his fist anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they had did and how they had turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Now Jonah. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, 
Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? Why did I have to go all the way here? That is why I tried to forestall my, by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate, compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sin and calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There, there he is sitting down up there. There he made himself a shelter, set it in shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head, to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant plant so that it would wither it. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching heat, scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die. And he said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said. And I'm so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals? And then the story ends there. And we don't know what the response of Jonah was after that. And so we're going to try to see and understand perhaps why it was left like that for us. But I want us to look at the various, these very first things tonight. The very first thing I want us to see at tonight is Jonah's desire of the message. Now remember, God had given Jonah a message. Go and tell the people of Nineveh to repent. And Jonah did obey the word of the Lord and went and preached to the people of Nineveh to repent. And because it was the word of the Lord and not Jonah's word, they did repent of their sins. In this, and as we see, is this going on? But I want us to understand, was Jonah's heart in his preaching? No. Was Jonah's desire that they would repent? No. Was Jonah's desire that they would be overthrown and be, be, be done away with? Yes. Why? Because he saw an evil people, a wicked people, a people who would... As for the people of Israel would look at and say, are totally depraved of anything good in their lives. Or able to even do good in their lives. So Jonah in this moment is speaking this message. But yet he's not speaking it with his heart. Jonah's desire of the message was that they would not repent. His desire, as we can see, is he got up on the East Coast waiting for those days to pass by. And he said, I am ready to watch you get what you deserve. Now, as we see this and we see what's going on and the things that are happening here, there's some things that we have to understand about Jonah. And what I want us to understand about Jonah from this. The first thing is that we want to understand that God's message is more powerful than ourselves. If we preach God's message, Jonah... Did not have the heart. And God says in Ephesians, when he was writing a revelation, Jesus, walking among the churches, saw the church in Ephesus. And he says, you have the truth, but oh, how you have fallen, because you have forgotten your first love. And how have we fallen if we forget our first love? Of the compassion and the mercy that we have received. 
Jonah had just received compassion and mercy from God. Jonah realized that he had run away from God. That he had not obeyed God's word when he went to the sea to go to Tarsus. He realized that he deserved death. And he also said, okay, it's time to throw me overboard. And for three days he was in the fish. And you see Jonah chapter 2. And he realizes and comes to, the, comes, to the, comes to the belief and knows that God is in control when he was in the darkness. And God gives him another opportunity. And vomits him out of the fish at that very moment. Now, I don't know about you. I would be excited that I was alive. I don't think I would be excited about the smell. Okay? I don't think I would be. But, Lord God, I saw, I saw what you were capable of. I saw your power there in the sea. I saw your power when you put me in the, in the belly of the fish. I saw your power when you vomited me here onto the shore. And still I saw your grace and mercy that you didn't take, you didn't knock me out, Lord. But you still wanted to send me to send your message. And yet Jonah still had not learned that the mercy and the compassion he had received, he should want to extend that to others as well. And so this is what's happening. This is what's going on. And as Jonah is seeing this situation... Seeing what is happening, there's another thing that Jonah is desiring, that he had the power to do what God said he was going to do. That he had the power to say, okay, you get it. But Jonah has a lack of power. Because God's all powerful, amen? Jonah has a lack of power. And he realizes he has a lack of power. Because he desires with everything in him, that the people of Nineveh be done away with. And there is nothing that he can do about it. And the other thing that Jonah, we can see, desires here and shows in his heart is that he has absolutely no concern for the people of Nineveh. None at all. And so what does, what does God do? He sent, Jonah has that tent made for himself. God provides a good shade. And it's fine. it says God, it said Jonah was happy. Can you believe it? First time you see Jonah happy. Okay, he's always angry, right? Now this very moment, Jonah's happy. Ah, got this shade, got this. Wakes up the next morning, the Lord sends the worm, eats away that. Then the Lord doesn't only do that. He sends a, a wind, a heat, okay? Whew, so it feels like West, East Texas and West Texas sometimes, right? All this heat, okay? Hot. And he's out in that sun, and he's burning up. Have you ever gotten that hot where you just feel like you're going to pass out? You know, where you, you've been doing something outside, you've been working outside, and all day long, and then it just all of a sudden happens to you. Perhaps dehydration, perhaps not drinking water. Just the very thought of all the heat and everything that goes on and happens. Sometimes people do pass out while they're out and about in the heat. And so when Jonah sees that this shade that he was so happy about is gone, he is mad, fervently mad, because he loved that shade. He loved that plant that was doing that. And he was so concerned. I'm so concerned for this plant because it was doing something for me. But it wasn't doing anything for anybody else. And when his pleasure was taken out of the way, he became angry again. And God says, Jonah... Do you have a right to be angry? What's Jonah say? I do. Wow. 
Jonah's heart had been very much hardened. Jonah's heart needed some changing. God provided an illustration of that with the plant for Jonah. God showed rich, rich in mercy and compassion for the people of Nineveh, showing that, Jonah, you should have rich compassion and mercy for what you have received. And yet, Jonah still has this hardened heart, even after this. And then God goes on to say, you are concerned about this little plant. Why should not be, I be concerned about the 120,000 people who are in Nineveh, who don't know their left from their right, don't understand all the things that they're doing. And you know what? Sometimes we need to be careful that we don't have the same desire as Jonah. That when we see those who are not following Christ, and we see the things that they have done and the things that they do, and we think about them and we see about it and we see about it, and perhaps our first desire is justice for that person. Okay, because sin does have its consequences, and we understand that. But praise God, there are people who love those who are hard to love, who are willing to go to those who have made mistakes. I don't know about you, but if you've seen lately in the bulletin, Henry is having some great success in the jail ministry. And he's also very compassionate about what to do with them when they come out of that system. And we need to be praying that we can look of a way to be able to help them as well, to show the compassion of God and the mercy of God in their lives as well. Jonah, looking at this, desired it. Perhaps there's somebody who has done something to you before, or to your family. And we see and we understand that, and we desire that justice be done. And God says, leave justice with me. Don't revenge. What should we do? Pray for our enemies. Do good to those that are enemies. Do differently than what we desire. Jonah's message was the same. Jonah's message was God's mercy. God's God's calling them to repentance. But Jonah's heart was far from God. God was concerned with Jonah. Enough to even show him the plant. God's concerned about our hearts as well. And where our hearts are each and every day. As we live among people. Do we concern Do we have compassion? Do we have mercy as God has? Now the question is, that was Jonah's desire of the message, that they would not would repent. But the question now is, Boyd, what is God's desire of the message? God's desire of the message to go to Nineveh. God had seen their sin. God was bringing judgment on their sin because they did sin. There's no doubt that they were a sinful people and the things that they had done were sinful and that they deserved justice, that they deserved consequences for what they had done. But as 1 Peter chapter 3 says, God is rich in mercy. God is patient with us, praying that none of us die, perish, but come to repentance and to eternal life. That is what God's deep desire is for us, that we come to him in repentance. God's message, God's desire when he sends Jonah is not only for Jonah to understand that message, but for the people of Nineveh to understand that message. 
And God's desire is fulfilled in this moment for the people of Nineveh. When they heard the message, how did they react to that message? Did they neglect it or did they hear it? And it says people from the greatest to the least dressed up in sackcloth. What does that have to do with anything? It's a way of showing repentance. A way of showing that you are totally dependent on God. And not only did they do that for themselves, they declared a fast. A very strict fast. No food, drink, not even animals. That they all may call on God. God's will, God's desire for all of us, for sinners, is that they come to remittance and call on Him. And God's desire is that their hearts want to get right with him. Look what it says here. When it says, and it talks about this here, it says in chapter 3, verse 9, Who knows God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Wow. God desires mercy, not sacrifice. God desires mercy from each and every one of us. So God's message from God's message from beginning to end, from beginning to end is a message of repentance. God's desire is for the message to have effect in repentance, not for them to continue living in sin. God's desire is for compassion and mercy, not with hateful words. God has power over all things. And God's concern is deeper than we will ever know or understand for all humankind. God, we look at ourselves and we think, you died for me. But Lord God, you died for the person beside me as well. And Lord God, you died for that person on TV that I can't stand. And I'm not talking about movies now, I'm just talking about TV. And God, you died for that person that makes me crawl, makes me cringe, makes me upset to even see. God, you died, you sent your son for each and every one of them. For God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son. Now the question is, for us this evening, is, what's our desire For the message. Is our desire like Jonah's? Or like God's? Lord God help me to search my heart. As David would say in Psalms. And if there's anything within me Lord that is not of you. Purify me. Cleanse me. Help me to change. Lord God if I have a hateful heart. Help it to change. Lord God help me to have a cheerful heart. A merciful heart. A compassionate heart. As you have Lord. The first thing that we understand is this, is the same message that God's message from overall is the same message he gave to Jonah, that all men would come to repentance. God's message for us today to take to this world is that they may repent of their sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit as Peter and the apostles preached. The message is the same when Jesus said, go into all the world 
and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all things. And lo, I'm with you even to the end of this age. Go into all creation. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus, God, has left us as messengers. Just as he left Jonah as a messenger. Just as he left the prophets as messengers. God leaves us as messengers of the gospel of Christ today. Lord God, help me to take care of that message in a way that I share it with love. That I share it believing that you can transform people. That people can become like you. That people can truly repent of their sins, Lord. And may I be happy and joyful. Even when that who is my enemy comes forward and decides to give their life to the Lord. Lord God, help me to forgive as you have forgiven me. Lord God, my dependence is on your power and it's not in my power. Lord God, may I not be like Jonah sitting on the east side waiting for you to give it to somebody who deserves it. But waiting, Lord, that one day that person would come to repentance and come to understand who you are and salvation that is in your son, Jesus Christ. You know, one of the things, one of the times, one of the moments of a documentary that I saw on TV was a missionary couple who went to South Africa. And as they were in South Africa... There, their children, one of their daughter, was killed. And when he, she was killed by this man, and as we think of, they found this man and were ready to bring justice on him. They asked, can we talk to this man? Can we pray for this person? Can we talk to him, first of all? And when they came in there to talk to him, was it to give it to him? Like we all would want to do, I'm sure, in our flesh. It was to go there and to extend God's mercy and salvation to that person. He accepted it. And now they are brothers and sisters at the same congregation. Praising and worshiping God. How can that happen, Lord? Hearts fully set on seeing the gospel change lives of people. That people truly do Come to repentance. Is that in my power? No. It's in the power of the gospel that transforms people. The message is God's message. May we give the message with the right heart for mercy and compassion. May we realize God's power over life and death. And may we have concern for others. Just as God has had concern for us. Lord God... Has give, God has given us so many gifts, so many talents here. Help us to use those gifts. Help us to use those talents in a way that will glorify you. You know, when I think of moments and I reflect on these things here, talking about Jonah, thinking about Jonah, and thinking about Jonah chapter 4, and you know, it's kind of like when you get there to the end of, when, when you have Simon the sorcerer in, in the New Testament, He converts to God. He gives his life to the Lord. He's following. He's following Stephen as he's going around. Then Peter and John get there. Lay their hands and he sees the power that they have. And he offers money for that power. And Peter says, 
Oh, you need to repent or be lost. How could you think that you could buy this from the Lord? And then it says at the end, Simon says, pray for me so that the things that you said do not happen. And it leaves it right there. Jonah chapter 4, the very end of it, after God has given the example and done all those things, leaves with another question. Should I not have concern for those 120,000 people? And the answer that Jonah gives after that is silent. We don't know the answer. I believe he starts to understand, but I don't know. I can't say yes or no. But God leaves it right there for us to reflect and to think, God, where is my heart today in preaching the gospel? Where is my, compassion, my heart for compassion for people today? Where is my heart for the concern of people today? Lord God, do I care for people or am I caring as I should for others just as you have cared for me? And Jesus makes it pretty clear in Matthew chapter 25. When he's talking in Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, Jesus says, this is who has compassion. This is who has mercy. When Jesus is talking to the people, the king, then the king will say to those on his right hand, on that day, on the day he comes, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry And you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. And you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. And you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The righteous to eternal life. Lord God, may we spread the gospel of the message with the right heart. Lord God, may we spread the gospel of the message with love. May we spread the gospel of the message praying that people can be transformed by the power of your gospel. Lord God, may our hearts not grow hardened and continue to grow and cry for souls who desperately need you. This evening, brothers and sisters, I think of the prodigal son also as well. He came home 
And the older son was upset. And God and the father says, well, all you have is mine. But this son of mine who was lost was found. And we need to celebrate that. Brothers and sisters, praise God. We are in Christ. We have all spiritual blessings in Christ. Amen. And praise God when a brother or sister repents of their sins and comes back to the Lord. And may we celebrate with them the victory that only Jesus can give. This evening, I want you to have victory in Jesus. This evening, if you don't have your life in the Lord, I pray that you give your life to him. And to have eternal life. Because he loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He'll love you more than anybody else on this earth. He'll even love you more than your mama. And that's hard to do, right? He loves you more than your mama. He sent his one and only son to give us life. If you have any need this evening, I want you to know our God is ready and willing to hear you in your needs. And he wants, he desperately is seeking us. Wanting us to take the message to those who are around us, wherever it be, at work, in other countries, that we may see people and see that desire and that compassion. That one day, Lord, you will reach that person with the gospel. I'll leave you with one more story. That's a brother in Christ. He was in an airplane. And... As he was in the airplane, go, uh, flying from one place to the next, he had taught a girl the gospel. She had obeyed the gospel. And after he, she had obeyed the gospel and things, some people were not very happy with him because of that. And then also, she ends up going on to be with the Lord early in her life. And they go and open her Bible and they see in there and they see all of those who had been giving her a hard time since she had given her life to the Lord. Those who had been talking to her, saying things to her, perhaps the people of Nineveh being attacking us today as well. People attacking us because of Christ. But in her Bible was written, Lord God, help me to continue to be an example to them. Lord God. May one day they hear and understand truly the power of your gospel and transform their lives as well. Three of them gave their lives to the Lord after seeing that. After seeing the love that she had transmitting that message of the mercy of God. Repenting of their sins and gave their lives to the Lord. God is awesome. God is powerful. If you have any need, come as we stand and sing tonight knowing that God will take care of you. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903 
If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.